to another episode of Friends of the Vine Wine Podcast. So, episode 60. This episode features Dave and Lois Cho from Cho Wines in uh, down in Oregon. We uh, had a great chat. Fun, fun couple. So much fun. They were so funny. Um, they actually grew up. Um, their most, you know, formidable years was actually in um, the greater Vancouver area, which is the where they were was about maybe 10, 15 minutes from where I live and where I grew up. So uh, I didn't realize the connection when we started, and uh, that was kind of funny. So one thing I want to do actually is uh, give a bit of a shout out. Uh, I've talked about countries that uh, that follow my podcast, you know, different areas, different regions of the U.S. and Canada that follow up, but apparently there's some countries out there that um, I'm, uh, my show's done pretty well. So um, shout out to those listening to uh, my show in Namibia and in Malta. Apparently I am the number four podcast for all the food Food and drink podcast is the category, uh, and uh, number 16 in Malta. So um, thanks, guys, for listening down there. Uh, I actually also got a couple nice um, compliments, uh, five-star ratings on my Apple podcast the other day that I noticed. So one of the one of the five stars out of five was from Alex Strath1, and it says, uh, Ian brings out the great friends on the vine who go below the surface of the usual wine stories we hear. Ian brings great stories out of his guests. I thought that was kind of cool. And uh, the other one was Worth the Listen, amazing podcast I came across recently. Love listening to the earlier episodes. Only story I missed the giveaways. Great wine-based content and always entertaining. That was from CMEG1970. So thanks, guys. Appreciate that. And uh, let's get into this podcast with um, Dave and Lois. So we actually start with uh, chatting about where they're based in California because Dave basically goes back and forth between the winemaking duties in Oregon and where they live in California. So he's just trying to just trying to nail down whereabouts they're living in California. Let's get right into it. We are a city called Murrieta, which is near Temecula. That doesn't mean anything to you, but it's like an hour north of San Diego. But uh, it's more inland. Nice. There's a little wine country around here also. I've got friends down in like Long Beach and uh, Seal Point and that kind of area down there. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, all, yeah. Our, all my family is over in that area. Like nice. Mm-hmm. Nice. Well, it's, it's cool. We've got the Canadian connection going there as well. That's uh, that's that's kind of funny as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I actually, <laughs> speaking of SFU, um, I had, um, I actually went to UBC for my undergrad, my initial undergrad. So nice. Europe and Vancouver for a good amount of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you got your winemaking degree down in Oregon as well. Correct. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I got my wine start down here in Temecula Wine Valley. And then uh, we moved up and then got the wine degree there and then worked a bunch of wineries up there. And, you know, we still, we just had to make Oregon wine living in California. So, yeah. Well, and, and I mean, Oregon Pinot is, is now its own, it's its own, you can't compare it to anything else. Like it's its own little niche in the, in the Pinot world. 
mm -hmm. right? Like you've got your, your Burgundies, you got your New Zealands, you know, and now Oregon's its own, it's its, in its own right. It's its own um, little niche. And, and, and I love Pinot. So, I mean, I'm, I've, yeah, yeah it's, it's for me, it's uh, finding the best Pinots in the world and Oregon's, Oregon's ticking those boxes for sure. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> love the social media presence, by the way. Love, love the branding, love the, love the, yeah. the quirkiness, the, the energy, the enthusiasm. I just, I think it's great just overall, you know, like even, you know, even having the, the not your Irish show, uh, kind of name and everything. Right. And just, there's just lots of fun. All, all your kind of, um, all your, your events and stuff seem like there's a lot of fun and a lot of good energy and stuff. So, uh, Lois, I, I'm assuming that's your side of it more than, more than Dave's side. More than Dave's side. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll say 99.5. I bring the energy. Percent yeah. and 0.5. Yeah, I'm no. just into pictures. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I um, didn't know that I was going to be this involved initially starting out. Um, and then just, I think both of us, like different strengths that we have, and it just ended up falling into place this way. And I've enjoyed it quite a bit. And it just, I think um, just sharing our journey is one thing that's been enjoyable for other people to watch and for us to just sort of put it out there um you know because we don't really have the um you know right now because we're living in california we're doing custom crash up in oregon and so it just um it makes it a little bit more challenging you know to um connect with people and build up our story and build our brand um so we really knew that social media we had to um you know build up our presence there and it's been good so far mm -hmm. yeah well and, and that's the, that makes the difference between taking it to a next level right so i mean any 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 even any restaurant nowadays anything right you're you're looking at we're going to up to naramata over the next couple of days and we're going to one of the where we already have a dinner organized first thing we did we went and looked at the menu on, online and when you're not waiting until right. you get to somewhere you're you're starting that you're starting that first step right and, and it's the same with uh even a lot of the craft breweries that opened up in port moody a lot of them, their story and their journey. And you want to get that connection or that relationship with them, right? right. So sharing that for sure helps out for sure. Takes, takes your label to the next level, right? Definitely. Just a, just a, a kind of a quick question about, because I know you've got some, mostly Pinot, but then I know you've got some, you've got the pet nap going as well. And you've got a, you've got a variety for your, your label. Um, yeah, I mean, a single variety, it's all Pinot, but, you know, made eight different iterations of it. So yeah, we have two, you know, traditional method, Brut, uh, Blanc Noir, Brut Rosé, and then we have two still red Pinots, Milan Valley designate, and then a single vineyard, Laurel Vineyard one. And then we got a Rosé and a, uh, and a white Pinot Noir. And then we have two of the, the fun bubbles, right? I'll call it Penet and uh, Piquette. So yeah, it's all Pinot, but um, in the different, got different expressions for yeah. sure. He said eight, but really six and so we have two mm. more coming so that's the brute rosé and the single vineyard in the fall, yeah. and that'll come in the fall how how is the how has the reception been like how has the since since the initial releases and stuff how how has the reception been in, in the area i mean it's crazy it's been overwhelming you know uh packing boxes and shipping around you know um yeah i mean yeah a lot more than we expected yeah right? we we um we launched back in may sent our first shipments of all our pre-orders in June. And so now, you know, a few months out and we are already through half of our 
um, inventory. And so that's been really awesome. Um, and then it's really, you know, at being down here, but still, you know, we're like, well, will people in Oregon be receptive? You know, we're in California making wine in Oregon back going back and forth, but yeah, everybody has been super supportive. They love the story. And, um, so it's been very, um, it's been a journey. <laughs> we've been really hustling, but, um, well, also we've seen like a strong support from our, you know, Oregon, yeah. you, know, you know, the wine crowd and uh -huh. you know, the restaurant crowd. So, I mean, that's, that's really, really nice. <laughs> I think the wine speaks for itself. You know, we, we, we pour through our lineup and I think a lot of people are impressed with the quality of the wine for you know, just a, you know, starting out winery. Well, and I think, yeah, I, I, I think you can be, you can have all the branding in the world and you can have all the great stories in the world. Uh, I'd be obviously being Korean American as well that, you know, there's a, there's a lot of great stories, but the wine still has to be able to live up to your competitors. Exactly. And the first time I tasted through the lineup, you know, I've been doing all the branding and everything. And then I looked at Dave and I said, wow, Dave, these are really good. We can <laughs> sell like, this. Yeah. And he's like, why are you so surprised? <laughs> I mean, you know, a huge confidence. Right? Yeah. <laughs> but a lot of that has to do with the quality, you know, I mean, the winemaking and the quality of the vineyard that we're sourcing our grapes from, you know, we're, um, it's the, you know, I, I attribute it a lot to Dave's um, experience and um, for him knowing exactly what sort of um, climate and what um, sort of terroir he's wanting and for the wine. And so um, when we came across the Albans property at Laurel Vineyard, Dave knew like right away, this is where we need to source our grapes. And so we're really proud to, to have their vineyard name on our bottle and um, be happy to have making wine with them. I mean, it helps that I went to school with his son so yeah yeah that, that uh, adds a little extra mm. um when you don't have to uh you don't have to push too hard to get your foot in the door there yeah. right right you cut your teeth early on as well before this label as well right like you've you've been on the scene for a little bit before that right so before you went independently correct yeah so just got my start, like I said, down in Temecula here, um, a couple of wineries here, and then uh, up in the move to up to Oregon, and then worked, you know, new, you know, a few a few different wineries, like you know, but like I'm wearing a Stoller Family State T-shirt here. Uh, <laughs> I lived on the property for six months and did a vineyard and cellar and stuff, and that was life changing experience. And went over to Argyle Winery to learn about sparkling wine and met the Champenois. Because uh, that's like the OG sparkling wine house uh, from Oregon. So, um, yeah, I mean, got good mentors and got good experiences and learning and making, you know, making a bunch of friends over a lot of beer. You know, that's mostly it, really. <laughs> In the Okanagan, they have these like winemaker dinners and stuff where a lot of the a lot of the group will kind of get together and share secrets and share kind of trade secrets. And is there something similar like that down in Oregon? Yeah, I mean, there we always hang out, and there's always a few bars, you know, dive bars and whatnot, or just like watering holes around town, where just like naturally we don't even set a time, but you know, after work we just go have a couple of beer and just talk about it, you know, not really secret, you know, because you know, even if you do the same thing to, you know, same way, because uh, your grapes are different in different places, it's kind of it's kind of show differently. So we just talk about stuff and mostly just complaining about our. Job. <laughs> I was like, oh, falling day, you know, just dreading. Uh, but the, the yeah, weather, the weather. Yeah, there, uh, there's a few group, a uh, few uh, 
young winemakers uh, that we we started, you know, doing like an annual, like a, we call it a, a vision trip, but we just an excuse to tell our wives like, hey, we're going to go in the woods for a few days and just drink a bunch of wine and networking. networking. That's networking, networking yeah. I have to go network. I was like, you're networking with the same people. <laughs> yeah, it's called, it's called building relationships. <laughs> no, uh, it's good, good amount of camaraderie going on and full of real at the same time. So yeah, yeah. we're having fun. Oh, that's cool. That's um, like I said, they, they do something similar in, in, in the Okanagan where they, they network a lot together. And oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 We, we've been to Okanagan, it's, it's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. We're going up, uh, like I was saying before we started recording, going up in a few days. And uh, there's a, there's also that young vibe too, where there's certain certain wineries, especially, and a lot of young female winemakers as well, which is which is super cool to see. There's a great push towards you know, uh, 20 somethings, 30 somethings, you know, kind of uh, that kind of fresh young talent up there, right? So it's kind of, it's kind of cool. Oh, absolutely. You, you went to Burgundy as well, though. And I know, I know that's kind of like the motherland, right? That, like that's like, that's like the, <laughs> the, the, the home, right? So tell me about, uh, tell me about going through there. Cause I've, like, I've, I've been as well myself and uh, it's a great, okay, great, uh, it's a great journey going through there. For sure. I mean, my Burgundy story might be a little bit different than yours because I went there before I got super serious in wine. Mm. I just went there for, um, uh, there's a community uh, near Macon, like in, in, in um area, there's um, like a monastic community called Teze. So there's like a bunch of monks and then a bunch of like, a, you know, like young kids come have like a retreat for a week kind of thing. And then like experience kind of communal living kind of thing, self-sufficient, like you do communal work kind of thing. So I joined that for a couple of weeks there. And then I went there mainly for that, but, um, and then I extended my trip around. So I, I stayed in there, stayed there and then went down to Lyon and, you know, just do like a little, you know, like foodies tour and, kind of thing and that's when it was like all the you know lights went up I was like oh my god you could live like this mm. that was um it was a very surreal experience and then um I do want to go back plan to go back you know uh 20 it was, uh, yeah I wanted to go back last year but couldn't yeah you know bought the ticket and everything but I couldn't go yeah. so I that I use <laughs> <laughs> was that was that like your you know, everybody always talks about an epiphany or whatever. Was that kind of, was that for you for, for getting into wine? Was that the, was that the moment for you or was there a different moment that, or a different wine? I mean, I would, I would, I don't think that was like, the, like, I don't, I don't think I have like a one moment that kind of, it's like that kind of propelled me to like, Oh, you know, I should just drop everything to wine. But that definitely kind of helped me kind of gear towards that, you know, yearning for towards that kind of lifestyle, mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I, th I think it was a start, I think, but it wasn't, uh, like epiphany, like many people say, it's like, oh, this was it. Or like the mm -hmm. single bottle. It was more, for me, it was more gradual. I think of. it was part of his like food and wine journey just realizing sure. how the, um, the importance of the presence of food and wine and how that can bring people together. So I think it tied together that like That's community true. aspect. Cause for us, a lot of it, I mean, you can tell. We love to hang out with people, we love mm -hmm. chatting with people, and so meeting people, new, new folks, and um, and so part of it is that like food and wine experience that we get to share and yeah. share life together. And so and that's like the I think that was the that start. commonality I see between like the people who love food and wine, you know, 
people love hanging out, getting together, socializing, you know, sharing stories and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So it's, it's a good life. It, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, I know what you're saying, because sometimes it's like there'll be a gradual kind of appreciation. And then sometimes there's one one bottle along the way somewhere that kind of really kind of turns the switch, you know what I mean? Or, or makes you think, I think oh, about well, it you know what I mean? like, 2009, uh, <laughs> California Chardonnay from Trader Joe's. <laughs> Trader Joe's. Yeah. It's a good vintage. It's a good vintage. Yeah. yeah. What about you, Los? Was there something, was there somewhere along the, along the way as well that, that where, where was your starting wine or where, where did you kind of decide, Hey, I, I kind of like this thing. Yeah, it probably wasn't until last year harvest. (laughs) 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 Yeah, no, I, um, last year, because I mean, yes, wine was something that we continually, it was, it was always Dave's thing. And so, you know, I wanted to support him and what he was passionate about because he's always been supportive of me. And then I'd say last year harvest when we were, you know, in it for the chill wines first technical, you know, um, we're, we're actually going through the motions and um, realizing like, wow, this, there's a lot of work that goes into it and the, the product that comes out from it and just actually being hands-on, realizing like, I, I think I could do this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, initially, you know, I sort of went in just being the supportive wife, but now I, I, I told Dave, there was this one moment when we were doing Passage and, um, and I told him, I think, I think I've gotten bitten by the wine book too. <laughs> and I, you know, went, went back, went back to my day job as a nurse practitioner. And, you know, I'm all like, I want to be up there doing harvest with you. <laughs> so that I'd say that was a big turning point for me um, personally, but um, yeah. So I guess it was gradual. It took a long time for me. <laughs> We we're just so surprised to hear that you were to see you in Nanaimo. We we're trying to figure out, oh, where is where's he at? And we're like, he, I think he's in, in Canada. <laughs> oh. <But> yes. <laughs> so yeah. insider information for you, actually. We're working on distribution into Canada and so we're, we're getting into Toronto. But hopefully one day we'll be able to get into Vancouver as well. You've got some some like restaurant type ideas or or um local uh local wines stores or so Toronto, we're talking. Well, we're getting in with a distributor for Ontario, like you know, and then Vancouver, BC. We'll have to find a different part, different company to do that for us. So it will. I mean, it's not going to happen this year because we don't have yeah. for Vancouver. Yeah, we don't have enough wine to sell. But we have friends, of, you know, we have so many friends and family up there who um, want to. <laughs> yeah, I know a couple different uh, distributors. I can throw their names at you if you want. Just to, you can check check them out or whatever. Right. That that actually is something I was thinking about. Was your production? I guess um, what what is your what is your output right now? So last year we made about five six hundred cases or so, um, which is t- tiny, right? And then so this year uh, we're projected to make about thousand cases. Nice. And then yeah, and then we'll see if we can if we can go through quite a bit you know before next harvest we'll might we'll make some more and yeah. if not the goal is to double every year yeah we'll see, <laughs> we'll, see. we'll see we're kind of like you know i've been last 10 years i've been uh you know i've been working like or getting you know trained in production like making wine inside of it right but selling wine is a whole, whole other thing so we're we're still learning and figuring things out yeah, and, and I mean, there will always be that demand. Like, I think even if you did double or whatever, there's the demand will be there. 
Right. Um, I hope so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've got some friends in up in Washington state that, uh, I was like, well, I'll just buy some wine and then just have them ship to them and then arrange somehow arrange to get it across the border, you know? And, uh, but, yeah, uh, yeah. with the silver Sharpie called right big, like sample. Yeah. Right? <laughs> don't, don't, you know, uh, I have a whole other story for a whole other podcast about, um, about the the taxes and stuff with I've gotten wines as samples and they still charge me 108% tax on it. So yeah. I'm like, on, so on, top, on a re retail or was it a declare value like a dollar declare value of like a dollar, but yeah. they, but they did um, no, but they did what it would retail for. Oh, wow. wow. So yeah. like, so I basically just paid for the wine, yeah. you know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they said that it didn't matter what, what they put, Basically, they were still going to research it. They could have put five dollars. I think they put zero. They could have put five dollars. I could have paid five dollars and and had a receipt for five dollars. They still they still would have gone with retail. Wow. Yeah. They would have assessed it and said, oh, it's you know market value, et cetera, et cetera. Oh wow. Okay. And uh, yeah, so um, actually, a lovely little winery in um, in uh, California whose name is Casey right now. I'll have to I'll have to look at it. Um, but they sent me tiny little winery and they sent me two bottles and then, uh, so I ended up, <laughs> I ended up basically buying it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you guys get, get yourselves distributing up in BC, that'd be cool. Yeah. That will be awesome. Yep. Yeah. Well, there's a thirst for it. And I think, uh, like you said, if you're getting into, if you're getting into other areas, uh, I think, uh, there's a thirst for it. And obviously given your, your um, connection with Canada as well. That's, that would help. Uh, and the, the, the branding and the social media side of it is, you know, global, right? So, I mean, I'm sure you're getting a presence. I'm sure you're getting communications from, from everywhere. Yeah, yeah, we are. A local boy from Pitt Meadows makes <laughs> wine now. <laughs> local boy makes good. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> um, actually just thinking about, so you, you went to Oregon uh, for the winemaking. What made you what made you decide there as opposed to a lot of the there's there's seems to me there's a traditional kind of there's Washington, New Zealand, California. There's always the kind of traditional kind of places to go, right? So Oregon was the one that you thought of. Yeah, why did I do that? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm glad we did it. Yeah, no. Initially, when we went up to Oregon, it was really because of more conveniences for school because, you know, we were, you were looking into California schools and he had a degree already. So initially it was mainly out of convenience for schooling. But then once we got there, we fell in love with the state and the wine and the people. Um, and then Dave, sort of his affinity grew more towards nuanced wines, delicate wines. Um, and then, um, yeah, we ended up not wanting to leave, but it was really my, um, you know, struggles with seasonal depression that brought us down to California. So we decided that why not have best of both worlds and continue to sort of with the bi-state living. And, um, but yeah, one of the interviews that we had for a wine, the wine crush podcast that just recently came out, um, with Heidi Moore, we had, um, done it with Bruno Corno, who's the winemaker, French winemaker for Domaine Divio in Oregon. Okay. And he, he really put it out there really well. Cause they, you know, they were asking why, 
why a Frenchman and a um, Canadian Californian? Why are they coming out to Oregon? And you know, um, compared to a lot of the other winemaking regions, Oregon is relatively newer. And um, so when you think about um, like, let's say France or California, it's like you're jumping onto a moving train. Whereas, you know, in Oregon, you're laying down the, the, tracks. the tracks. And so I think that's one of the, the draws to Oregon. There's so much more to be explored and um, that we're learning. And so I think that it intrigues us both. Mm -hmm. It's not so set in stone yet, um, you know. Mm -hmm. No, for sure. And I, I, I think maybe that's why this, I know of a few Canadian winemakers who thought of that about going to New Zealand and and going there for their for their degrees and stuff, right? It's a similar kind of idea, um, newish, like you said, rather than firmly established, right? So, yeah. correct, yeah, yeah. And, you know, we love our bubbles. <laughs> it's a great place to make bubbles. That's absolutely true. Yeah, yeah. That's that's interesting because Petnat and and there's been a big movement towards sparkling in the last while, and rosés have been going like crazy. Mm -hmm. uh, orange wines have been going like crazy. Oh yeah, um, is that something that obviously you've got some you've got some labels right now? Is that something that you you've been you were thinking right from the get go? You're like, got to have sparklings. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I mean, it was initially because when we still lived up in Oregon, you know, we both had our full time jobs, right, daytime jobs. So, um, and then it was just gonna be a sparkling Mette Champenois sparkling side project. So it's, we started that way. And we had our first vintage there, and then and we ended up moving down here. So I'm like, oh, do I want to get a job down here? It's like, no, I, I want to keep making Oregon wine. So that's how we went um, full time, and then we added other stuff on top around the sparkling program. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. That's uh, interesting. You went that way as opposed to the other seems to, Yeah, the other way. Everybody seems to add on the sparkling as the next one or whatever, right? So right, right, right. Yeah. For me, like I love the acid, you know, so like that the acidity that's for me, that's the backbone of like every, every wine that I love drinking yeah. and then everything else is kind of like, uh, tag, tags along with that to make it, make it more complex, more enjoyable for me. Um, so yeah, that's why I sparkling. So bubbles are bust. <laughs> yeah. Acids, uh, Acid's definitely one of those things that, especially in the last few years, it's it's uh, it's found its home with a lot of winemakers, and um, I love it as well. Don't get me wrong. So um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it's it's definitely like you said, definitely adds that backbone for sure. Adds some complexity, and uh, yeah, that's cool. And uh, and Pinot's Pinot's one of my favorites as well. So that's always that's always a good one as well. National Pinot Noir Day today. It is lovely. There's so many, so many national something day. Mm -hmm. Can't keep track. <laughs> I know it's every every second day. There seems to be. Yeah. Hey, okay, what I got open? What I have open today? It's uh, National Tempranillo Day or whatever. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Get a look in the wine cellar and see what. Uh, yeah. See if you have if you have a bottle of whatever whatever day it is. Mm -hmm. And you guys changed your label recently as well, or did was that kind of. Um, we do have like a th two different styles of labels. So one's like this, right? So it's more like a traditional kind of our lame name on it. Did you just say lame name? No, no, no. <laughs> no. Oh, you're going to grab that one. My name's... Yeah, so our... That's what our, I heard. That's what I heard too was lame name. <laughs> we have um, six different bottles that came out this year. Three of them have this type of label. Oh, cool. Four. Two of them. 
Well, the belong to Norris. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. There you go. Cool. Findings. So more like a yeah, I mean Pat Nat and Piquet, we're gearing towards more of a kind of like a natural, little bit of natural younger crowd. Yeah, want it to be fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, obviously with some of the spicier foods, it, that the, a lot of the sparklings go well as well. So oh, for yeah. for food pairings and stuff, um, mm-hmm. it seems that your wines are kind of geared that way as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, spicy. I, I made the uh, <laughs> made the uh, like a little little spicy like a Vietnamese chicken wings version of it like a little little gooey little like little spicy little you know and then pet and with that is like you know we should have a winemaker dinner where he cooks for everyone because his food is amazing mm. i will totally cook it's for it yeah so, like for small group and, i don't yeah. want to i don't want to yeah cook for a big group but yeah i'll definitely do that yeah well if you're ever up this way because uh, we're we're big fans of korean food as well so uh yeah. yeah the spicier the spicy ones like that that's that uh, i keep hearing you say we Oh, sure. My my wife and I. So so uh, she uh, actually taught in Korea for a year, and then she came back with all these recipes. And uh, oh, sweet. Um, yeah. So then uh, she's actually pretty good. Uh, she's actually pretty good at at uh, homemade dishes as well. So that's kind of cool. Oh, so, nice. Teaching yeah. Korean and or teaching English in Korea is like great way to pay off student loans. <laughs> like, <laughs> I feel like a or, lot of or travel, you know, or travel too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's why yeah. we went to the mid, we went to the middle East as well. And then we did five years there. Oh, so that cool. was, that was good for traveling and, and uh-huh. uh, seeing the world and making money at the same time. So that was cool. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm, I'm going to keep it short. I think. And uh, I think I'm happy with this one. <laughs> I think I'm happy. I think I'm happy. Well, we're happy if you're happy. I'm glad you're happy. <laughs> I think we're going to leave it there for now. Thanks for listening. For more wine conversation and podcast updates, you can follow us on Instagram at Ian's Wine Truths. Check out our website for great photos of our guests. Friendsofthevine.podbean.com. Take care. Have a glass for me.